podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show. Happy Monday, everybody. Well, it certainly is if you're an Eagles Chiefs fan, congratulations to both of those franchises rolling into Arizona. Well, 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 a lot to break down. A lot of aggrieved Bengals fans out there. Of course, Mahomes is going to get it done with a scramble. The Eagles steamrolling, but hey, how different would that game have been if Brock Purdy hadn't gone out? All of that and more with Iron Mike. Let's get down to business. So, Iron Mike, I want you to cast your mind back a little bit. There he is. There he is, Iron Mike, popping up on my screen for those listening to the show. Cast your mind back to a moment in our lives I think we both hold dear to our hearts when Hulk Hogan and Macho Man form the Mega Powers. Yes. Remember remember it well. Yeah. Mega Powers. And do you remember how it all blew up? Oh, yeah. I remember it well. Yeah. You remember how it all blew up over Miss Elizabeth, of course. And the raging jealousy of the uh, late Miss Elizabeth. And the late late Matt Randy Randy Savage. Savage. Hulk's still going strong. In particular, when Hogan, there was a, a fight they were having. Hogan carried an injured Miss Elizabeth back to the locker room leaving Matcha to carry a flag in the center of the ring. <laughs> that tipped Savage over the edge, right? That, exactly. That was essentially Mike Hilton dropping Burrowhead. <laughs> and the, Chiefs, <laughs> uh, the Chiefs are Macho Man. I mean, the moment he dropped Burrowhead, <laughs> it, it was game over. Game over. And I loved the, the post-game interviews. You see Mahomes getting interviewed and Kelsey rolling it. Everywhere, <laughs> Jones, Jones went in it as well. <laughs> I, it's... Yeah, it's funny because um, I had picked the Bengals um, at one point, and then the Burrowhead thing came out, and I wanted I wanted to do over. This is why the line know, changed. This is why the Vegas line changed so much at the end. <laughs> it was it was worse than Mahomes, you know, going out when they did that practice, and he made everybody it look like he was fully fit, which he actually wasn't bad. You know, you could see it in the second half, but but um, whatever they gave him worked pretty well. So I want to get into that straight off the bat, because very rarely uh, do we get tweets into the show. And a lot of you have got in touch with us at the NC show because we uh, announced we're going to have a bumper mailbag with our mic. And so we've got a ton of questions. We're going to try and weave those in our mic over the next hour. Very rarely do we get a question that applauds uh, or supports something I've said on the show. <laughs> so, when we do, so when we do, of course, I'm going to milk it. And shout out to Adam Archer. Hey, Adam, appreciate this. He said, do you think the Chiefs were taking a leaf out of Belichick's book by overplaying Mahomes' injury, given how well he played? Nat brought this up on FFS with the guru, and it seems an interesting theory. I'm convinced well, they did a little bit of skullduggery. Well, I'm sure that, yeah, I, 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 but I think it went the other way. I think it was to make him look, you know, make sure everybody saw that he was relatively fit when he went mm. out and did the full, full, full participation. And the jumping off the in, wall in, and all that. In Yeah, in practice and all that. And um, like I said, whatever they did, it, it seemed to work pretty well. He didn't seem to have many huge problems and, and, and whatever they gave him was wearing off in the second half, but he was still, mm. he was still okay. But, you know, I, I think that the way you had to prepare for that game anyway, you didn't need the chiefs to tell you that you needed to prepare for Mahomes the same way you would in any game. You you couldn't rely on his hobbling around and, and not being mobile enough because a lot of his mobility is, 
is like um it's like Manning's or um or Brady's. It's it's short space Death. mobility. He right. he's just he has the ability to sense where the rush is coming and just move a little bit out of its way to to mm. avoid it. It's its worst part and still get his pass off and an awful lot of his passes. And he did have a lot of time to throw most of the most mm. of the game. But a lot of the passes came just before he was about to get hit. You know, yeah. um, he would take one step forward and, and then throw the pass. And and um, so I thought I thought the Chiefs O-line pass protecting played a, a really good game. They couldn't really get anywhere run with the run game. Um, mm. And but Andy didn't get away from it, which was a good mm. which was a good thing. And we we say this a lot. The the idea of of play action doesn't depend on your um, on your being able to. um you know, to gain five yards of carry and, and run the ball 30 times or whatever. Um, it's just the fact that you will use the run. The threat um, of it, yeah. Gives it more viability. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a point that Shane Marine's made on the, on the show a few times that it's not so much the effectiveness, but the threat, which is very much what we yeah. saw played out there. Yeah, how impressive was this performance from Mahomes, given the injury, obviously, but also going into the fourth, Tony went down, Harbin went down, Juju went down. I mean, it was totally short stacked. Yeah. And, you know, um, kudos to the Packers for letting MVS go. Um, <laughs> that, that, that helped, that helped them a lot. Yeah. Um, I love Pacheco. I mean, oh, he me runs, too. he runs so hard um, and, you know, and he, and he did a great job catching the ball when, when they needed it. Um, they also, I, I nearly, <laughs> I wasn't, I, I just would not go on Twitter. I, 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 I shot my Twitter since, wad since on when? the first on the first game. Okay. I, and, and I wasn't going to go on because I knew I'd start ranting again, you know, or whatever, but I nearly did when, when, Kelsey, when Kelsey did the um, flea flicker, mm. uh, which is what it it's, it's what the original flea flicker was, you know, I, and mm -hmm. I make this point, I've been making this point for 20 years, um, but you could see why it was called the flea flicker because he actually lateraled it with a one hand <laughs> spinning lateral that missed the target. <laughs> and then he faked it. He came out and faked it like the next time. <laughs> and, and I just thought this is, this is absolutely, Absolutely great, you know. Um, yeah. And I'm sure Andy just got went. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you know when else I? You know when else I knew that the Chiefs were going to win was when Andy. I saw that stupid commercial with Andy Reid um, using a sharpie to put mustaches on guys. Oh faces. yes, yeah, yeah, on the airplane. Yeah, <laughs> that and, was it. That's but, when you know they're heading to heading to Arizona. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the game panned out as you thought it might, including the mm. fact that the Bengals were in a position to win the game, you know, yeah, with, sure. two, with two minutes, with two minutes to go. And I love and, that call. I love that call from Andy Reid to, to particularly the way Chris Jones had been playing, but I love the fact that he said, okay, just go and take care of business for us. I, well, I that's that. Yeah. That's Spags. I mean, cause what they did on that, that key sack, Jones moved out to play defensive end on the mm -hmm. left side. He'd been playing tackle most of the, most of the game. And so they moved him out for just that one-on-one -on -one matchup with someone that they knew he could beat. Mm -hmm. um, and that's the problem. That was the problem in the end with that, with the Cincinnati uh, line. I saw an interesting tweet earlier in the night, which said that Burrow was like with fewer than five sacks, he had a really fun, you know, good record. And then with more than five sacks, he was, he had a losing record, but they didn't say what, what there wasn't no, there wasn't a little equal sign anywhere in there. So, yeah. So he, he was sacked five times. I didn't know where, yeah, no I didn't know where, where that, that fell in. I thought Spags had a great game plan. Mm -hmm. They, they basically played the first half with just four, um, up, up front and the linebackers did a great job of stopping the run, which is one thing I did 
managed to analyze ahead of time. You know, mm. Bolton and Bolton and uh, Gay are, are really good against the run. Um, mm. But then in the second half, he started blitzing people. Okay, you know, so they would send five sometimes, and and um, and that was be- that was becoming effective. But you know, they had what they have three of those sacks on one series, you know, two mm-hmm. in the first, on the first Bradley series. Dorsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of the game. And then yeah. three on another series. It was, it was very, it was very kind of strategic. Yeah. And you made the the point in the previous show last week, Mike, about the Bengals O-line overplaying against the Bills and regulate the, the likelihood of them regulating uh, in this one, which we saw. Let's get into the, Mahomes scramble. Of course, it was going to be a Mahomes scramble to extend the drive, which then set up the game winning field goal, particularly, especially because of the, the penalty and the Joe side penalty for the late. Well, co- completely because of the penalty. Yeah. They so, were down to five, five seconds at that point. It's the letter of the law. I get that. But looking at it in with so much on the line, it's fundamentally wrong that you should be, you have to be able to empower the officials to discern between an egregious, deliberately underhand, late hit. And what I felt Joe Asai was doing was a momentum. And it was maybe reckless because you've got to be conscious of the law and the rules. But yeah. I didn't think it was, it wasn't, the, the difference between I, a I dirty hit and I, I, I can't agree with you because mm. the one thing, the one thing, especially the first game, which was a joke, um, the one thing that you, you want from officials above everything else is consistency. And especially when a quarterback's involved, you know that they're going to call that that play. Um, you got one call at the end of the first game. I'm trying to remember who it was on. Um, with the, It was on um, Dre Greenlaw with the push. And I thought mm. Greenlaw's was less less egregious than, than Asai's was. Asai took the extra step and then pushed. Um, and, and knowing, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure he's thinking, oh, this guy's got a bad ankle. A push here might be a, a good thing to do. Yeah. But, you know, but I want the referees to call that consistently. Every time they call it. Because, when it, when it happens, if it, yeah, if it's, if it's in, if it's, if it's in the white, you know, uh, on the outside the playing field, you know, and, and it's, uh, and he, he's got, he's outside the playing field, you're outside the playing field and you push that, that should be a penalty. Um, what about, so just on that, the late, the late hit on the punter in the 49ers Eagles. Which horrible. Was, yeah. Horrible call. Horrible, horrible call. Right. So, okay. So, I but, for di- for, but for a different reason. What, momentum reason carrying that, him through? No, the reason was Stoll was holding him the whole time. Stoll yeah. had his left arm around his around his front and his right arm on his back. Right. And he held him and held him and he and he broke he broke out of that and he pushed him. So so you so either made missed, the block if he hadn't been you missed the hold and he mm. was and he was directed would be mm. a better word directed into the kicker. Uh, it was it was a horrible call at a horrible time because, and you know your Philly fans are going to say oh, wine wine wine. You know the game they weren't going to win it. But at that, Is that point, your impression was, of a Philly fan? <laughs> yeah, yeah right. it was it was for it was for yeah. You want my impression of a Philly fan? Go go to the Washington Post today, um, and they have what was the report? Candace Buckner. Their reporter was was absolutely shocked by the you know, This comes from civilized Washington Post reporters, but mm. three women outside Lot K provided the answer to the age old question: How many Eagle fans does it take to heave up a morning's worth of alcohol? The answer, 
three, one to do the vomiting, another to hold her hair back, and a third to stand there taking it all in, laughing at her poor inebriated <laughs> friend. <laughs> uh, uh, but but yeah. the point was, it was 14-7 at that point. The yeah. defense, the, the, the Niners defense played out of their brains for most of that game. Really? You know, they, and, and honestly, you, you take away the first long pass to Smith. Yeah, took it out completely, not, yeah. And I'm not and I'm not complaining about that because I missed it. You know, I blame Shanahan for not challenging. Ah, okay, it. so so okay, let's jump to that. So this is the one-handed so, Devontae Smith catch, yeah, right? And yeah. he was smart because he was the one signaling, let's go, let's go, let's go. He was the one saying, oh, Yes, sure. smarter maybe not, because anyone with half a grain of sense watching him do that would have thrown the challenge flag immediately. Because <laughs> why why is he doing that? You know? And and um that reminds me that's when I'm coaching coaching um <laughs> Uh, my boys in uh, in uh, on a Saturday, and I, as you know, Mike, but listeners maybe not. I coach with a, a an older, wiser, experienced coach to be doing it for twenty years, and it will happen quite a lot. I'll be like, Louis, watch the offside, watch the offside, and just be hitting. Go tell them they're offside. <laughs> Basically, pulling <laughs> yeah. a, a Devontae Smith there. But so, sh- Shannon, you know, nobody saw. Nobody saw it. You didn't see it from the angle Real we time. saw. Right, Ward was behind him. The official was behind him. There was nobody in a position to actually see that he'd lost control. Now, what we see all the time in NFL games is they slow the game. You know, the, the review book wants the review booth wants to um, look at it, but there was no reason. Uh, it wasn't in the last two minutes of the half. It wasn't challenged, uh, but sometimes they do anyway. Um, and it's it's those it's that kind of sometimes we do and sometimes we don't. Mm-hmm. And I, I blame Shanahan for not challenging on that. But you take that one play away, mm-hmm. and basically the Niners' defense was holding them in check. Yeah, for 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 mo- all the first half, most of most of the game, and had they, um, it was a terrible punt. And there was a penalty. Mm. Um, so so had they got that, they would have been in great field position again. And maybe they get a field goal out of it because you know they're they're all set up. But um yeah, that's I, I just interesting. That, just... that was that was a key point in the game, that punt. Yeah, I I agree. I agree it was. I just want to jump back to the Shanahan. Well, a few points that you made there. On Shanahan not challenging, so he's getting criticized for it. He came out afterwards and said because I heard I heard, I was I was doing the um, BBL Cup final for Sky, so driving back and listening to the Westwood One comms, right? And at the time, the commentators were saying, "Well, you know, it's surprising that this doesn't get challenged when you think how many people are on this organization." The usual thing that happens when a coach makes yeah. a clear mistake, there must be one person with this responsibility to call this and tell the head coach to call it, right? Shanahan's come out afterwards, defended his team, his personnel, which I respect because that is no mike mcdaniel take a take a look yeah he, um <laughs> and he said like, it wasn't conclusive that every angle we looked at we, it wasn't conclusive and that's why that we, that was the problem i don't know why they didn't get that angle yes know, that, right that that, that that nbc had um during the commercial yeah that they saw during, and of course it wasn't up on the jumbotron because yeah, the, yeah. You know, the the home team controls the jumbotron so <laughs> that controls what they what the head coach on the field can see yeah, yeah i don't know why they they didn't see that but mm. on the field you had to you know there's smith's going you know like like get to the line get to the mm. line he's signaling with with his hands you know the, yeah. the hurry the hurry up thing so i mean you would have had to be pretty cynical to assume that he was kind of trying to trap you into <laughs> into a challenge so yeah. you would lose a t- lose a timeout um and but, you know i suppose smith even though he was telegraphing it, it did 
have the desired effect of getting everybody oh, yeah. up and you know yeah so no full full credit up. you know and and um I, I'm not I didn't really blame the officials at that at that point. It's simply that there's no there's not really a lot of consistency mm. around the league for when they decide to do things and, and and when they decide not to, you know. And then I mean the 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 final penalty count in that game was mm. eleven to four. Um and that doesn't count the ejections, which don't go in because they're not accepted penalty penalties. You know, that mm. that doesn't go into the stat. Um 81 yards uh, against the the Niners. And I just thought they were calling the Niners secondary very tight and they were, weren't calling the offensive line, the Eagles line, especially very mm-hmm. tight. They didn't call false starts, which hurt the Eagles in two ways. One was Lane Johnson on the front. I was, I was watching the first, cause I wanted to watch Bosa and Johnson. So the first mm-hmm. series, I just watched them and, and Johnson held him once false started twice and went hands to the face on another one. We had just straight, straight push into the helmet. None of that was called. Didn't get called. There, you know, now there is a lot of guys false starting that don't get called anymore. If you take your drop step before the snap mm. and they didn't call it on McGinchy on the play where Josh Johnson turned the ball over. <laughs> so had they called it, it would have helped the Niners. Yeah, they yeah, yeah. Penalty, yeah, yeah. you know, but, um, but, you know, I, I just it drives it drives me crazy, unfortunately, and and that's why I just have to stop. Come off Twitter for come off Twitter for a, come off Twitter for a bit. The, and then um, I hear Mike Pereira rationalizing it, and I, that drives me. Did crazy. you see this? Did you see the article that Dean Blandino used to be a stand-up? <laughs> oh, Carlson, I've got to send it well, to you. He, he'd be he'd be a great straight man, that's for sure. <laughs> Listen, the uh, well, hey, all great stand-ups are good straight men, as I can attest to. Uh, the 49ers D, as you rightly say, stepped up in, in so many different areas. The deep threat was the Eagles. Well, X Factor, and they took that away. Traverius Water thought had a really good game. The ground game as well, because obviously the Eagles lent on it heavily. But take away the volume for a minute and look at the individual return. Sanders had 3.8 a carry. Kenny Gamewell, 3.4. And Hertz and Scott, Boston Scott, 3.5 a carry each. Yeah. So no one really they, got going. No, and I think credit to, um, to uh, Sirianni for sticking with it, because... Mm. Look, it's, you know, coaching should be situational. You know, strategy is the most important part. So when they're up 21-7 and San Francisco's got nobody who can throw the ball, you ought to, you know, that says to you, run the ball just to use the clock, you know, and and that's your that's your, your greatest ally. You don't need more points. You mm-hmm. need to just get the game over with. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot of credit to them for, for – and then you saw the Niners kind of tired out at the end of the game, and, and they weren't going to run up the score by, you know, by running – lots of plays so so that that worked mm. out they had they had almost 40 minutes of possession in that game wow god i hadn't you checked know, that 39 37 and a half um basically so yeah i i thought that was you know that was the right and the smart thing to do and and game well is really good i mean oh you know, so on that johnny player, um johnny got in touch with us on game well saying how much yeah. of an x factor is he well, last two weeks, you, you've seen, um, you know, he stepped up in the playoffs. And, you know, with with Sanders and Gainwell, and, and Boston Scott's a pretty good gadget player, especially against the Giants. Um, he's got like 10 of his, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of his 13 touchdowns, touchdowns against, against New, York. Yeah. New York. But, you know, but, but Gainwell does all the things an Andy Reid back used to do in Philadelphia. You know, a Brian Westbrook kind of, kind of guy where, you know, catches the ball well, gets into space well. Um, 
you know, there were a few players who, regardless of which team you, you were rooting for or thought should win or whatever, you know, Pacheco was one, Gainwell was one, T. Mm-hmm. Higgins was one, mm-hmm. um, you know, guys who just played really fine games, you know, when, when they stepped up um, when they had to, although, you know, T's touchdown, I thought was one of the, McCaffrey's run was probably the play of the weekend, but T's touchdown mm-hmm. w- was pretty was close to that. I'm yeah. proud that I had both, uh, T Higgins and Kenny Gamewell in my show fantasy team this week. So one, uh, a chunk of money for our charity pot as well. So things there are looking go. up on that front. There we go. We're liking that. Uh, I'm going to stay on Twitter. Um, cause you mentioned, uh, Josh Johnson, of course, who came in after Purdy, uh, went out and we'll never know just how different the game would have been if Purdy had, had stayed in Richard Moorcroft asks how many of the 49ers quarterbacks start week one next season that so, <laughs> will include yeah, Josh Johnson know, in this as well it's funny someone reminded me last night that Nate Nate Sudfeld was yeah. on the Niners this year the ex-eagle yeah um, but they cut him and they they still owed him money when they cut him he had a guarantee of like a two-year contract mm. or something um, I would have preferred Nate Sudfeld to Josh, Josh Johnson. Johnson, to be absolutely honest, um, w- with that team. But um, why? Why? I mean, it's a tough gig for anyone to come into that. Because right? he's got more arm, basically. Mm. Josh doesn't have much arm. Um, and he nearly broke one big play, uh, but he got tripped up, mm. uh, kind of like a scramble up the middle. Uh, but, you know, the other thing was, I suppose, with Purdy being the third string guy and starting, I I would suppose Johnson got very few reps in practice. Oh, sure. Yeah. You know, um, when was he even signed? Because he was with the Broncos earlier this season. He was signed about... Well, at the time, at the time when Garoppolo, Garoppolo went down, yeah, 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 they they had a choice. You know, they had to get bring in a backup, and they brought him in. And mm. yeah, I, they didn't mention when he was talking about his thirteen teams in ten mm. years. He also had three teams in three other leagues. Oh, so was he XFL? <laughs> was he a USFL? He was, in, he was in the USFL and the yeah. XFL and the Alliance of American Football. <laughs> that um, was my personal favorite. All three. So I, I think I think they go into next year quite content to go mm. into the year with Purdy and Trey Lance. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know why I'm, well, I know why, because the media hounds you about it, but there was no reason for Shanahan to say Purdy is next year's starter, except to avoid shattering his confidence, yeah. <laughs> you know, at a key point in the season. But, you know, and someone, I read a piece this morning and somebody said, you know, oh, and they can, you know, they can go in and announce there's about, there's always a battle. You know, not very few guys are actually set in stone as as your number one quarterback, you know, and mm. in this situation, the two the two of them will be competing for the starting job in preseason. Um, I'm sure Purdy starts off as the number one. But um, if they love Lance as much as they do, they got they deserve he deserves, you know, or they deserve to give him another shot just to see what he can do. At is, the he very gonna least. Get, is he going to have an unfair advantage or an no, advantage I, because, because they invested so. in him more? Well, but he's still on a rookie contract. Yeah, so but, they not, still, but they gave up a lot for him. So yeah, that going to well, affect their psyche. You know, bite, bite the bullet, you know. Mm. So, But between the two of them, they're going to next year, they're going to make something like $3,400,000, mm. which, you know, which is what you would pay a first trainer mm. or maybe a backup, you know. But but so they're in a good situation that way. You know, mm. they can draft another guy late if they want to, you know, find another Brock Purdy. Um, they could... If if Lance played really well in preseason, they could consider offering him in trade or Purdy. If they 
both played really well. They could offer either guy. I mean, I it's a good situation to be it's in. It's a and, nice problem to have. And, and, and Bernie's not likely you know, to deal, isn't he? The, the, for them to be able to deal because there's a well, he's got the he's got the proven yeah. sort of. Although you know, is half a season on a really good team enough proof? You know, we've mm. seen guys. Uh, what, what was his name? Um, a a a. Feeney, um, AJ Feeney mm-hmm. in Philadelphia, for example, play, you know, a, a chunk of the season really well with a really good team. Mm. And then when he Feely, AJ Feely. Oh, AJ Feely. Um, I was thinking Dwight Feely had yeah, AJ Feely. Yeah. And then and then when he um, you know, and then when he goes to another team, mm. Rob Johnson was another one, you know, um um Mitchell from Detroit, Miami, um, who had a great season in that in World League, you know, mm. then came out and had, had a great one great season in Detroit. It, 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 it's a tough one to judge, especially mm. with a rookie, you know, because he's running on fumes and everyone's taking special care mm. of him to make sure everything is good for him. When you when you put him into a normal situation, a normal situation, or you put him into a dysfunctional situation, yeah, sure, which is what happens with a lot of high high pick rookies um you you don't know how they're going they're going to work out and a non-shanahan offense as well it'll be interesting to see how he how he fares there uh this is from anthony hey anthony uh no luck for the 49ers and the calls all went for the chiefs uh love the show always uh like hearing that thank you anthony that latter point i want to get into because quite a few listeners does he mean the chiefs or does he mean the eagles no, I think he means, I think he was looking at both games and I think he oh, okay. feels as a number of our listeners apparently do and certainly a number of Bengals fans feel that there was a disproportionate number of calls against them in the game. The Chiefs were getting favoured, the conspiracy theorists abounding, well, everybody wanted Mahomes, the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, there, there was that tight grounding call, which I'm not I'm not sure I agreed with. Mm. Um, and they did have the penalty count in that game was nine to four. Right. Um, in favor of, of Kansas City. Oh, excuse me. Oh, hang on. Is that Dean Bladino? Hello. Hello. Listeners, I love the fact he takes the call on my live recording. Yeah, sure. Bye. Your current balance is. <laughs> what was that, Mike? Was it Rufus? No. It, Bladino? it was somebody. It was one of these. I get a lot of them. You know, one of those re- recorded. Hello, am I speaking to Mr. Davis? <laughs> it was. It was automated. I love it. I love the fact you answered it as well. I thought you no, were like, it, it wasn't automated. It, it, it was a live person. There was no number on it. Um, oh, okay. I get a lot of a lot of this crap. Back to the shady. Calls I think it's a not. factor of getting old. They, you know, when you pass a certain age, your name gets sold to all these companies, and they say, "Well, he must be senile, so we'll call him and see if we can get see him." If you know. rub, see if you're a mark, I Mike. I don't think you will yeah. be. Apart from that. The time I always got to mention. Where, where, where was I? For $20. Uh, yes. Yeah, so we're talking about shady shady calls or otherwise in the in the Chiefs yeah. Bengals game. Were the, were the Bengals unlucky? Um, oh, a little bit. Uh, it, I, it's funny because the, the conspiracy people who think that the league decides, you know, tells the officials, who, yeah, you know, exactly. let, let them play, but let, let these guys play a little bit more than those guys. Um, I did see a stat that oh, John but- Hussey, John Hussey is seven and zero this season when refereeing the Eagles, or the Eagles are, <laughs> yeah. um, are seven and zero when he referees. He's refereeing. I guess yeah. it's maybe probably there are some people out there that think the league is controlling it and firing down, firing down directors from, as our friend Greg Rosendahl would say, shadowy league figures firing down uh, <laughs> from above. But I think maybe more realistic is 
an unconscious sense of bias that comes in at times from officials and this idea that Mahomes, you know, in the same way we see that certain players get the right calls if they're yeah, smart it's you. become it's become a lot more like basketball refereeing. Mm. where you're intensely aware of who the person is, you know, mm. and, and for years it started in basketball in the sixties when Earl Monroe used to have a spin move and to do the spin move, which was fantastic, but you have to carry the ball, which was, is palming. You're not allowed to do it, you know, so that guys, James Worthy got allowed to shuffle his pivot feet before he, before he would dribble and you can't defend a guy if he can use either foot as a pivot foot and then change them right. um and the same thing applies you know good players are allowed to get away with things because they're good players you see it in rugby too richie richie mccaw made his living going in from the side um mm. in, into rucks in but because he was richie mccaw you know it was okay and, mm. and it was funny because the u.s team one year in the world cup had a new zealand coach and they were being co coached to do that <laughs> and every damn time they did it they got penalized <laughs> <laughs> and you were waiting for the you were waiting for the official to sort of say but you're not richie mccaw <laughs> you know um so but yeah i think that's a factor in it it's so much more judgment calls you know because you allow because the um the interpretation of the mm. league you're allowed to you're allowed hair in contact as long as you don't gain too much of an advantage that's you know how do you judge that when when the rule is after five yards you can't you can't touch the receiver mm. that was that's the rule the interpretation is you're allowed to touch him as long as you don't gain an unfair advantage. Mm. Once the ball's in the air, you can't touch the receiver. Now, since you're not allowed to touch him five yards down, I don't understand why you need the, the distinction. But once the ball's in the air, it's supposed to be even more so that you're mm. not allowed to contact him. But, of course, they do. They stick their hands between his hands into his face. They slap down his arms. And mm. it's not called until it is called. Same thing with offensive holding. You know, um, you could call holding on almost every play of the game if you mm. really, you know, wanted to, but that would ruin the game for a week or two until guys said, okay, they're going to call it every time we do it, so we better stop doing it. You know, that which is really the only way to solve the problem. Enforce the rule. Stop. Stop with all this interpretation stuff. Mm. You know, come up with a, a a clear and simple definition of what is a catch and what mm -hmm. isn't a catch. Well, this is your point earlier, I guess, when I was uh, railing against the. The out of bounds hit from uh for you know that the cost the Bengals ultimately. Yeah, I get it. I understand the need for yeah, binary out of, clarity. Yeah, out of bounds is also a thing because usually the player who the player with the ball is is relaxing, mm -hmm. slowing down. So it's a jolt. Um, yeah. So it's a jolt. He's also in front of also often in front of sidelines people. Of whom yeah. there are there are <laughs> yeah, yeah. there are hundreds. Yeah. I, I, the, the number of people on the sidelines who don't need to be there but are there, <laughs> um, and I'm not and I'm not speaking about any particular players in this yeah. case. Um, but you know that that's another thing. There, there's all kinds. I get of, it. I get it. I get the um, you know I get the need for binary foundation that the officials can stick to so we don't spend hours and hours frustrated with the calls but i i'd still think just a an individual assessment of if something was egregious and malicious or not in that instance when it when there's so much on the line i understand why the bengals and side's going to feel gutted all right let's look ahead i'm like to, did, did i ask you did i ask you last week who the last quarterback to lose uh a super bowl and then get back to the super bowl was God, I don't know if you did. So, well, in straight no, season. I don't think I did. To it. So yeah. losing. To, to no, no, just ever. To get back ever. 
Uh, in all of history, only six quarterbacks of the 33. Now it's now it's actually uh, six out of 34 okay. um, who lost a Super Bowl in their first appearance. Yeah, in their first appearance. Ever, okay. ever made it back. Okay. Joe Burrow obviously joins the list of guys who, who haven't made it back. Sure. It's not definitely not Rex Grossman. <laughs> Rex never <laughs> Rex never, well, never he never played. he never did. <laughs> no, he's one of the thirty-three, obviously. But um, okay, the last guy who did that was Jim Kelly. Oh, that was Jim, 19, he's the last guy to do. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, and he got back obviously for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Um, the other the other guys who did were Len Dawson, mm-hmm. Craig Morton, Tark, uh, Fran, Fran Tarkenton, Bob Greasy. Mm-hmm. Elway, Elway, and Jim. Of Kelly. course, Elway. Oh, yeah, I would have got six. Elway. Yeah. yeah. So five of those six guys are Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, and no one, you know, none of the other quarterbacks who've lost their debut uh, uh, in the Super Bowl have ever gotten. What back. extraordinary stuff! Yeah. I, I suspect that that uh, Joe Burrow might get back. Yeah. Um, again, given yeah, but there's so many things that go into it. You know, mm. um, the idea that you know. It's hard to get to the Super Bowl, so you know First it's not just yeah. the quarterback. It's, you have to be on a good team, yeah. you know, and the team has to have the continuity. But you also have a lot, a lot of quarterbacks, contrary to this belief that you have to have a great quarterback to win a Super Bowl, who are not that great quarterbacks, you know. And sometimes they're playing on great teams or great defensive teams, and all they need to do is not make mistakes. Although, if you, you look know, at on that, it's an interesting point. If you look more recently, I, I it's a piece I did for the Times. I, I don't know, God knows, earlier on in the season. If you drill down on the last twenty five years, and I know there are some exceptions. So Manning at that stage was not the vintage Manning, and so you can, right. you can throw him in the in the Dilfer cap. But there's basically a handful of quarterbacks in the last twenty five years that you wouldn't classify as so Flacco and Dilfer, ironically both Ravens quarterbacks. Yeah, but Brad John Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson as well. But uh, then um, overwhelmingly it is Nick Nick Foles. Foles, yeah. Okay. So but it's but it's what, you, and then there's borderline guy. I mean Eli, Eli I don't Eli's consider a, here we go. I don't He's consider a an Eli a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall but, of Famer. Okay. You know all right. As long as I love the um the NFL was trying to sell the Pro Bowl. By saying the Manning, <laughs> yeah. the Manning, the Manning brothers were going to be there, and it sounded exactly like the first, the opening of Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. <laughs> you know, the Manning, the Manning brothers vaudeville football show. You know, it, it we'll was twenty years there. ago today. They've been <laughs> yeah, to exactly. um, Okay, let's look ahead because I want to get into some of the personnel changes as well with Fangio looking to go to Miami and Kellen Moore. I knew you, I knew you would bring that. Get, I want to get into that, but before, before that's we That's huge. That's huge. Well, would you want to get to it now? Cause I was going to, I wanted to look, get your first look at the Super Bowl, first initial thoughts okay. on the matchup. Can we do that first? And then we'll get into, we'll get into the other. Yeah, so that's fine. That's first, fine. First um, looks. I, well, the first thing, obviously, is you want to know how healthy the 49ers are going to be. Uh, sorry, the, the Chiefs. The <laughs> Chiefs do? are going. The Chiefs yeah. are going to be, and not just Mahomes. Um, I mean, a, a lot yeah. across the board. Yeah, I think Mahomes will be fine. You know, he's got two weeks to to rest and and uh, do it. But they had, they had quite a few guys go out, um, especially the second. As much as the receiving, you know, they they did like to have a couple of those guys back. But the the secondary was was hit too. They had, mm. they had like three rookie corners playing. Yeah, um, yeah, for, for most most of that game, and. And that's a it's, big problem it's, against this Eagles side for reasons we've outlined. Yeah. The 49ers shut them down, but they might not be as effective. 
Yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because the Eagles are so they're so good at almost every level. The um and they got really good play from I thought the questionable level was probably the linebacking, you know, mm. not Reddick is a, is really a pass rusher in that in in the way in the way they use him but um Kazir White and and Edwards um I thought Edwards played a really good game uh and they used Kazir White more or less they were playing with you know as as a safety which is what he is or was when he was in college um but the the, the secondary is good Chauncey you know having um Chauncey Gardner back is is really key to them because mm-hmm. he he serves that kind of uh, multiple function mm. that they need it's i think i think the line the line went off at philadelphia plus plus two and a half i think yeah it did well some books had it at three but two and a half at three. that was my yeah. drew i think yet. that's a probably a fair line mm. um and and the difference the difference with receive if if they can offer a bit of explosiveness the, the chiefs i think the line comes down mm. um I think the Chiefs are pretty well suited to be able to play the Philly run game and the RPOs and stuff. And I think if they mm-hmm. watch San Francisco, they'll get a good idea of how to do that. But San Francisco's D-line is much better than than Kansas City's, which is, you know, they're solid. Nandy's okay as a run stuffer, as a space eater. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's basically Jones and Clark carry the carry the weight um, for them. Whereas whereas San Francisco, it, it was it's three guys really good and then Ebukam's kind of a, a designated rusher most of the time but he he's come a long way and the other thing is the offensive line where they did a pretty good job against Cincinnati um and Cincinnati went away from what they had done in in previous games they used both of their ends as stand-up guys at times who would drop back and be linebackers usually on the side that Kelsey was at so that so they would they would fill that kind of area where where Kelsey might be, um, and then they might spy or one of them might spy Mahomes. I don't think they spied Mahomes as much because I didn't. I think they were they didn't think he would be a running threat, right? Um, and I think that was probably a reasonable assumption to make, even though uh, I said at the top of the show I wouldn't wouldn't necessarily have done that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be the, I think the big the big question um, for Kansas City is can they do um what san francisco did to the eagles we looked at san francisco's secondary as being a weak point um and you can look at at the chiefs as being kind of the same um they sat back in a lot of too deep zone and reed i thought played a really good game at Mm. safety at safety for them um i've only it's only i haven't watched the um all 22 to, to to look at that yet but yeah so i i think that's a fair line I, and i think the eagles didn't get enough respect and and in a sense they you know they haven't beaten they only lost one game with hurts mm. and everybody says well they haven't beaten teams with good quarterbacks and stuff you know you you beat what you what what you, you play against yeah, yeah. you know and and um they're solid they're so solid on both sides of the ball mm. um the offensive line is very tough all the way across um probably the best in in the league um or certainly one of the one of the top two so um yeah i i think it's 
Hertz looked a bit shaky throwing the ball early yeah. in the game. Yeah. Maybe his shoulder's not quite a hundred percent. You know, maybe he was just a little bit rusty because he hadn't been used that much and was feeling that pressure. Um, but that's that to me is the only difference. The big, I mean, when you're thinking say Kansas City, it's it's pretty much that Mahomes factor. Mm. It's the Rogers factor, it's the Brady factor. Because you've got the best quarterback in the league you you give them a little bit extra mm. uh, thinking that he'll be able to manufacture something mm. if they if that's what they need to do mm-hmm. and um well he did last night he did last night and burrow is close to being in that category yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I, I think that's one of the one of the things if you're kind of year-end review it's been a changing of the guard of the quarterbacks and mm. we're getting a lot of you know where's brady gonna go where's rogers gonna go well mm. you know they're not the guys i'm worried about <laughs> right, right now, the guys, sure. are, guys I'm worried about are Burrow and Herbert if he gets a decent offensive coach. Yeah, um, you know, uh, Adam Mahomes, Mahomes, yeah, Josh Allen, yeah, mm-hmm. and and we've seen Josh Allen be less effective in the second half of the year, and whether that's injury or or just something else, I don't know. I think it's the injury. It could about be it. the day ball. It could be the day ball loss. Yeah, you know, sure. fi- fi- finally biting them. You know, yeah. kind of like they were going on momentum and then. And then that momentum wore off because I I did think the play calling was kind of weird at times in the playoffs. It didn't have the when, depth as well. I mean, the, the, look at the you know when Cole Beasley, I don't, whatever you think of him as a character. I mean, he's had an impressive career, but when he is one of your key outlets, it's slim pickings. Gabe Davis was too erratic. The, 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 when you're weighing it up at that level at that height, um, yes, you made the point all season long. It's the you know the rule of three, and and the Bills didn't have that. Um, I love this yeah, from yeah, and I also think when I you know I'm thinking about it, I I do this a lot with you, especially with you because of the good old days. But you ask a question, and I answer it, and then that the answer sort of suggests something I hadn't thought of before. Mm. But the dayball the dayball effect might be the idea of play calling for an offensive line that is not an optimal offensive line. You know they're they're good but not great. You know, they're they're um and that's where they haven't spent the big money, except on Morse, who's their best lineman. But mm. you know, they're not a standout group of players in there. But the way the offense worked, I think, and Allen's ability made them look better. And Elevated, maybe yeah, yeah, great maybe point. maybe Dorsey hasn't been able to do that the way Dayball did. It's a great point. Uh speaking of great points, Mark Jones on Twitter. Hey Mark, Nat Nine Mike. Is the Super Bowl now to be known as the Kelsey Bowl or the Andy Reid coming full circle bowl? <laughs> I quite like the, even though it's clunky-ish, I like the Andy Reid coming full circle. Bowl. Yeah, that's a bit long. You can just call full it the circle. Andy Reid Andy Reid bowl, bowl. I like full know? circle for Andy Reid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, like that. I like what that does. I like that. That was a good one. Uh, thank you uh, for that, Mark. The donut. The Andy Reid donut bowl. That's interesting. I would call it the Andy Reid bowl, but it is the, I, and I know somebody else asked you a question in the mailbag because they, cool. they copied me on the, on the question. Oh, yeah. But um, as far as I'm aware, this is the first time two brothers will play against each yes, other in, in a, a in a yes. Super Bowl. Um, I, I was thinking about Sharps, um, but they didn't. Um, Gronk's obviously didn't. Watts haven't. Manning's did. Manning's never did. Yeah. yeah. The closest I think we've come is probably the Harbaugh's when they were the coaches. Mm. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. San yeah. Francisco and Baltimore. Baltimore. In, yeah, that's right. In that, in that game. Uh, uh, James Gregory asked the uh, the lights went out. New Orleans. James Gregory asked that question. Uh, so thanks for that, James. Um, I'm going to get. Let's get to the Keller Moore uh, and indeed Vic Fangio in Miami situation via 
another question if i can bloody find it here we go on twitter as well we're also on facebook we're on insta uh, and we're on you uh, every you everywhere now. we're on tiktok as well i am like we're on tiktok too we're rolling the social platforms i can tell you that at the nc show on all of them here it is uh, from mike hey mike is jerry jones your personal <laughs> favorite i'm mike so oh, desperate yeah. for a super bowl <laughs> that was the question no it's jerry jones so desperate for a super bowl that he'd think paying 20 million a year for sean payton pairing him with brady and trading dak would be a good idea. All kinds of buzz around the no, Cowboys, of course. No, but... I, I can't see. I can't see that happening. Mm. Um, there were not enough money in Dallas to, <laughs> to, to get all that done. To do. I mean, I'm not sure about Peyton whether he doesn't. You know, mm. New Orleans gets compensation, and Jerry, I'm sure, will figure. You know, kind of like you know Nadim Zahawi, you know in a independent inquiry that he can he can push the nfl into giving him minimal com- compensation you know uh, but normally normally you would expect that sean payton would be worth a first round draft pick at the yeah. very least um and he might want to wait a year um to see like how it. to see how that pans out yeah, yeah i'm sure i'm sure payton had you know he's been interviewed a couple of times in places i think he'd like to go to dallas or mm. you know or maybe that's just you know, that's just kind of nostalgia feeling because he was, mm-hmm. you know, he was an assistant at Dallas and he knows yeah. the resources are there. And there's there's quite a bit of talent on that team. And, you know, I I, I think it, it's an extent, attractive gig, but, you know, given how a big it's well, apart from have, Jerry, apart from Jerry, it is. That, that's the, yeah, that's the problem, because, I mean, outside of that and I've got no skin in the game. I mean, a friend of mine, Gab, shout out to Gab, who's actually a Cowboys fan who bought tickets for the championship game. So was had to suffer. He sent me a great video sitting there with them, right? The thick of all the Eagles fans last night, which was I mean, I don't know how he how he managed to get through it. But, you know, he um, so, yeah, obviously you have friends who uh, who love the team, but. From the outside looking in, I've got no skin in the game, but do you see how appealing it is, this huge franchise, rich history that has not won anything for decades? It's a it's a perfect gig for, for Peyton to bring the glory back. Yeah, absolutely. And the problem with Jerry is that, and he's not quite my way or the highway because his son has influenced personnel decisions over the past few years. Um, and you would assume Peyton would be able to have pretty much control, you know, a certain amount of control over, over what goes on. Um, but Jerry wants the spotlight. He's mm. never learned to, to be comfortable sharing it with, that's why his coaches have been basically nondescript guys who you could describe if you're being ungentle as yes, men, you know, um, Wade going back to Wade Phillips and Dave Campo and, you know, yeah. Right, like of course. yeah and now, you know, Bill Parcells, you know, <laughs> yeah. he, that's not, the, <laughs> that's not the role model for maybe Jerry. Not, maybe not Parcells. So, okay. So, Kellen Moore, Kellen so, Moore uh, gone. That's a, a surprise. I mean, Kellen Moore was the hottest ticket in town this time last year. Now we're well, season on. He's I, I would have thought he stayed, and I, I, I'm not. Con- I, I don't see anything to be convinced by. Mm. Um, you know, he he draws up plays, but I'm not. I'm not convinced by his play calling, and I'm not convinced that they're able to get the best out of Dak. You know, whether whether that's a Dak problem. Uh, what the? Oh, Mike's going old sci-fi again. What the hell Hang was on. that? Can you still we, hear me? We can still hear you. Keep on rolling. Yeah, yeah, we're good. Um, because yeah. looking at the when, numbers, whether that's a Dak problem or a play call, I don't know. But but certainly Dak at times looks undisciplined in, in what he's seeing in front of him, you know, and and makes throws that you you just don't understand. 
that in three of the four seasons that Moore was coordinator, Dallas had a top six scoring offense. Yeah, in three of those four. So is he hard done by that he's lost his job? You would you would hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't understand why he would be fired. You know that that's not that's not where the change needs to come. You know, um, it, mutual, they called it they called it a mutual decision. Yeah, well, we've had a bunch of those, um, of which um, it means he's been, all, he's been shot, yeah. Shot, I mean, sure. maybe Mike Lafleur's was a mutual decision because he knew mm-hmm. that the Rams' job was open because Liam Cohn had left um yeah and being okay. being offensive coordinator on the mcveigh is easy you know it's an easy job because yeah. mcveigh calls all the plays so it's um romans was supposedly mutual but that to me sounded like harbaugh didn't want to fire his good friend and so mm. they announced it as mutual but if i were chicago i'd hire him to set up an offense for chase for uh julie justin fields and, yeah um, yeah you know and 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 run that and um but you know, I, it's Mike McCarthy's team. I mean, I'm not sure why Kevin Moore should be shouldering the blame. Uh, I'm, and well, it's I'm, the classic, isn't it? It's the the, or the yeah. coordinator full guy. It's that. And, you know, and Quinn. I'm. I, I'm. It's looking to me, you know, more and more like Quinn may not get a job unless mm. he maybe gets the um, the Denver job. Mm. Um, yeah, which which would be a good fit, I think. But they may be. Mm. They may be kind of um, wanting an offensive coordinator, wanting an offensive guy, an offensive guy. Um, yeah, you know. And um, before we get to your man, mm. um, with um, Bill O'Brien's back as offensive coordinator in New mm. England, which is an improvement. But you know, I would be an improvement. <laughs> um, I know that's probably wrong. <laughs> no, I think you. I think you would. I'm not sure how would. Bill and I would get along in that in that kind of situation. That would be awkward. But I think. Um, um, Ryan Nielsen went from New Orleans to Atlanta as yeah. the defensive coordinator. That's probably a pretty good move. Um, and the Jets got Hackett to replace Mike mm-hmm. Lafleur. To be honest, I'd probably rather have Mike Lafleur. But it's mm-hmm. you know I, I don't know what you make what you make of that. Um, well, Hackett. I mean, we we got into this a bit on FFS on Friday. Mm-hmm. If I don't think you should pay too much stock into what went down this season because, as we realized pretty much in week one, and as we've talked about a lot over the years, Mike that. Step up the complexity. Oh yeah, many people find with a head coaching gig. Yeah, it's gonna. And and like I said, I never saw anything Hackett's done apart maybe from one year with Blake Bortles. But what you have to remember is that Jacksonville team played out of their heads defensively. Defensively, yeah, sure. The the second half of the season and the beginning of the next season as well. Um, but you know, did Jerry Rosberg really do anything offensively to turn Den- Denver and Russell Wilson around in the last couple of weeks of the season? Mm. I don't think so. Um, Wilson looks a little bit better, but yeah, I but yeah. I, I get it. I get it. Hey, listen, because we got to get out of Dodge. There's money in the charity pot. Big Fangio, quickly. I love it. Love it. Oh I mean, yeah, I'll, me too. Me too. I'll break it down for us, Mike. Why? Vic, well, Vic Fangio is a great defensive coordinator. Um, he's done. He's like Wade Phillips. He's improved every team really that he's mm. um, that he's coordinated and um, and he's adjusted over the years because he's an old guy. I mean, he coached in the USFL under Dom Dom Capers and um, more Jim Mora. You know, in in the, in that those defenses, he was like mm. the linebackers coach, I think. Um, and it'll be a three, basically a three four, um, which I think the Jets can probably handle um, the transition to. Um, and, uh, sorry, Miami Fence, um, yeah. can, can handle the, the transition quite easily. Uh, he's And he's 
Bradley he's Chubb, of course, connecting, reconnecting with Bradley yeah, Chubb's interesting. He's got he's got Chubb again from Denver. And I think he, he's also the kind of guy, he's not quite. I mean, think of what he did in Chicago, you know, and then in Denver. Yeah. He's not he's not a complete scheme guy, you know, in the sense of here's what we're going to do and we're just going to do it and do it and do it and we'll do it better than everybody else and win, which is perfectly fine if you're really good. But he also can adjust. He, you know, he'll adjust mm. during the season, game by game mm. almost, you know, and he's very good at in-game in adjustments. So I think the combination of, of the possibility of that team um, offensively um, being explosive you know, they lost that explosiveness the second half of the year uh, for whatever reason. I think uh, maybe partly Hill was injured, but also teams realized what they needed to do was simply take away the deep ball, mm-hmm. give them the underneath stuff. Um, it's the 49ers. It's how you how do you deal with the 49ers, you know, um, make them beat you by constant by executing all the way up the field um, and and um, the, the Miami's not quite good enough to be able to do that too is not quite good enough. I think to mm. be able to do that at this stage, but assume some improvement there and a little explosiveness that team's playing for, with a lead Fangio's a really good defensive coordinator to, you know, once, once you telegraph what you have to do, defensive coordinators should be able to eat you up and, and Fangio will, will be able, you know, to do that. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, a, a little of the, the, um, uh, celebrations on Philadelphia, you know, for the way they play defense. And that, well, if you're playing as a team that can't pass mm. and not, you know, not, not can't pass because their pass game isn't any good, but can't pass because they can't pass. <laughs> they don't have anybody <laughs> who can throw, throw their yeah. quarterback can't throw the ball because his, yeah. his elbow is like swollen twice, twice its normal size. I was a bit surprised that Shanahan didn't adjust and I said, I said early on, I said they ought to go to a single wing with McCaffrey. McCaffrey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I, I was being a little facetious, but they only ran one or two plays from from what you'd call, I guess, Wildcat. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I know they don't have the playbook designed for that, but but I would have thought, you know, give him direct snaps. Let Debo throw the ball on a, yeah. on a reverse, you know. Do, yeah. Snap the ball to you, Chick, and see if he can do something. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you know. I'd have loved to have seen that. That would be, I agree, like, yeah, it was like it, it got so frustrating because yeah. you knew Everyone that Purdy Purdy wasn't going to drop back and throw the ball. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. he the best he could do was was like a ten yard screen. You know, um, and and Josh Johnson was you know was not getting it done either, and and then couldn't. So I thought that was that was the moment of frustration. Mm-hmm. It just would have been fun to watch, you know, a coach trying to scheme his way back into the game by doing stuff that. They just weren't prepared to do, but but it seemed like the only you know the only logical um, end game for them was to do that. I mean, I would have been asking any of you guys ever played quarterback, <laughs> you know, Pop Warner, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. junior high, you know, <laughs> yeah. kicker puts his hand up. Okay, uh, I remember Len Dawson saying once when I was asking about Bobby Bell, who is to me one of the greatest players in the NFL history, yeah. or certainly in my lifetime. And he said, well, you know, Bobby Bell was a quarterback in high school. He could throw the ball a lot better than I could, certainly a lot farther. <laughs> and I just thought, you know, how come in some game they weren't losing? They just put Bobby Bell in. Yeah, to throw the uh, Hail Mary or whatever. Love that. You know? 
At Carlson Sports is how you follow the big man on Twitter, patreon.com forward slash Mike Carlson FMTE, following his deeper dive stylings and profilings. Uh, <laughs> we will break down the big game in detail on next Monday show on Mike. So you better get okay. your homework done, get yourself set for that. Uh, we are rolling through the week. Next We've month. Got- yep. Yeah, next Monday we're doing that, me and you. We've got Shane okay. Green dropping by later on this week as well. Me and Propo will be celebrating another successful edge rush and, of course, Crystal Tom as well. That was a good edge Shane, rush. Shane, well, Shane, come Shane. back, Shane. Shane. Come back. I will definitely <laughs> clip that up and play that to him and uh, yeah, assess play, his, play the assess audio. reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> come on, Shane. Um, no, get the, play the movie audio. Okay, we'll find it. Brandon, we'll find it. the kid, the kid's name is Brandon DeWild. I knew, I knew you would know that. I knew you would know that. Uh, <laughs> we will try and dig that out and play it to him and just look at his utter bemusement. <laughs> Why we're playing that? Uh, look after yourself, Carlson. Brilliant stuff, vintage stuff. You Take, care, Take care, right? Bye, bye. Podcast Network.